read for us this morning. Matthew chapter 15, verses 29 through 39. And then I'd like to pray before we start. Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And He went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great crowds came to Him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put them at His feet, and He healed them. So that the the crowd wondered when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called His disciples to Him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with Me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to Him, Where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven and a few small fish. And directing the crowd to sit down on the ground, he he took the seven loaves of the fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. Those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. And after sending away the crowd, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magadan. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for Your help as we look at Your Word. Would You please help Your Word to be stored away in our hearts? Help us to understand what is going on in this familiar passage. For those whose hearts are hard and do not know You, would You open their eyes, soften their hearts, bring grace to them. For those who have backslidden, who are living in secret sin, would You convict them? And would You show them that You are righteous and just to forgive them of all their sin. And for those who are weary, would You comfort them this morning? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm sure most of you have heard of the term deja vu? This is when you encounter something that feels strangely familiar. 
This is when you encounter something that feels strangely familiar. (laughs) Almost as if you're living through the same thing again. You can't put a finger on what is so similar, but you sense it. You, You feel it. At times you even verbalize it. You might say something like, this is strangely familiar. I feel like I've already lived through this. In our passage this morning, we are seeing a very familiar story. Almost as if we've already seen this somewhere. But to understand what's taking place in this passage this morning, we need to be reminded what took place last week. Jesus was in Tyree and Sidon. A Canaanite woman approached him and pleaded with him to heal her daughter. And Jesus' response at first was nothing. In fact, he reminds his disciples that he came to the lost sheep of Israel. But she kept pleading. Jesus then tells her, it is not right to give the children's bread to the dogs. And she pleads with him some more, telling him, yes, I understand, but there is enough bread because even the crumbs that fall off the table would be enough for the dogs. So Jesus praises her great faith and tells her that her daughter is healed. In our passage today, the the bread overflows to the Gentiles. The bread overflows to the nations. Jesus is still in a predominantly Gentile area, and those who he heals in this passage are predominantly Gentiles. And here's the incredible part. He heals and feeds them out of compassion. So, to some extent, this is a familiar story. It almost feels like deja vu, but it ends up being totally different. Because this time, Jesus shows his compassionate provision to the Gentiles. And Jesus shows his compassionate provision to the Gentiles in two ways. We'll see this in two points this morning. The first way is Jesus heals the crowds. And the second point, Jesus feeds the crowds. In our first point this morning, in verses 29 through 31, we see that Jesus heals the crowds. Jesus 
went on from Tyre and Sidon and walked by the Sea of Galilee. From there, Jesus spots a mountain. He walks up the mountain and he sits down on top of the mountain. Here in our deja vu encounter, we already see one significant difference from Jesus feeding the 4,000 to Jesus feeding the 5,000. When Jesus feeds the the 5,000, he does not go on top of a mountain. Instead, he heals and feeds the people, and then he ascends to the mountain to pray. But here he goes up to the mountain. The, The start of this almost reads more like the Sermon on the Mount rather than him feeding the 5,000 Israelites. This looks a lot more like a Mount Sinai episode where God is on the mountain and the people are gathered around him. But instead, this time to the nation of Israel, it's to the nations. And here's a significant thing that we can't miss. Because let's look at the way that Jesus interacts with the crowds. In the account for Mount Sinai, the people had to stand at a distance. There were only a few people that would go up to the mountain. But in this encounter, what does Jesus do? He walks up the mountain and sits down. He's interacting with these Gentiles, these people who are outside of the covenant family in a very intimate way. The people who he just called dogs, he's now sitting around. This is significant, especially for us 21st century Americans that aren't Jews. Because this passage shows us that he is going to the nations. Just a few verses earlier, we read that Jesus is saying, I've come to the lost sheep of Israel, to the house of Israel. And yet now he is sitting amongst the nations, the Gentiles. He's initiating contact with them. He's rubbing shoulders with them. Jesus is going to be amongst the nations. Who are you going to? Whose house are you going to to sit down with that is not a Christian? That is not a part of the covenant family of the church. Who are you rubbing shoulders with? We see what type of Gentiles, what type of people came to Jesus. We we see who, who Jesus shows his compassionate provision to. Yes, it is the Gentiles, it is the nations, but which ones? It's the down and out. The outcasts those Israel would 
stand back from and say, you are defiled, you are unclean, we, we will not interact with you. Our passage tells us a great crowd comes to him bringing with them the lame, the blind, the, the crippled, the mute, and many others. Like the, the woman whose daughter was oppressed by a demon came to Jesus, we see a great crowd catches wind of Jesus being in their area and they come to seek him out. We've already been, been told by Matthew that Jesus' fame is spreading. It's spreading to the point where Herod hears about who Jesus is and thinks that John the Baptist has risen from the dead. But could it be? Jesus is saying is true for the Gentiles just like it is for the Jews? That he has come not for the healthy but the sick? The outward picture that we see here is the inward picture of our hearts. Because sin entered the world. Not just at times is the outward appearance deformed, out of order, but because of sin, our hearts are out of order. Our hearts are deformed. They're not how they should be. And so Jesus' fame is spreading because people are catching wind that here is a man who can heal outward deformities. So imagine, imagine with me that your favorite musician came to town. And you got the tickets. This is your favorite musician ever. You're excited. You're going to tell as many people as you can, right? You're probably even going to try to work it into conversation somehow. Speaking of your car making funny noises. <laughs> did I tell you I'm going to listen to my favorite band make some really great noises? At the PAC on Friday night? It's just one of the many differences between your favorite band and Jesus is that I don't think that your favorite band can probably heal people, but Jesus can and let's really think about this, because this makes us uncomfortable at times. People who had no limbs were walking away with limbs. People who were born blind could see. People who couldn't walk are getting up and walking. People who, who didn't talk were talking. 
These are miracles that are taking place. This is why Jesus' fame is spreading. People are flocking to him when they're hearing that he's come to town because they know that he can heal them. And so families are bringing people to the feet of Jesus and he is healing them in front of people. If you're with us this morning and you're not a Christian, thank you for joining us. Jesus will provide healing that your heart needs. It was promised to Abraham back in Genesis that there would come an offspring who would be a blessing to the nations. And we see that Jesus is just not the king of the Jews, but Jesus is the king of the nations. So lay yourself down at the foot of the cross. Believe in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And he will heal your sinful, defected heart. Your sinful, crippled heart. Brother, sister, we are called now to be ambassadors as we have received the healing that our hearts need, we have now been called to be ambassadors. Are you following in the footsteps of your King, Jesus, and sharing to people how you have received healing, pointing to the great physician who can heal their deformed and crippled hearts? Jesus shows his compassionate provision to the Gentiles by healing them. He shows his compassionate provision to the nations by healing them. And and to this day, he still shows his compassionate provision to the nations by healing their sin-deformed hearts. So in our second Point in verses 32 through 39, we see this provision shift from healing to now feeding the crowds. Before he feeds the crowds, he called his disciples over and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint. The people traveled to Jesus. They did everything they possibly could to get to Jesus. They did not care how far they had to go to get to Jesus. They found out Jesus was there and they went. They knew that if they could just bring the person they needed to bring to him, they could be healed. If your loved one had an incurable disease and there was a doctor who cracked the code, 
He got the case. He figured it out. What would you do to get to that doctor? These people had been with Jesus for three days and the people have no food. The people ran out. This wasn't because of inflation. It was because they had to travel so far. All of their food was eaten. They're at a point that Jesus is concerned that if he were to send them away, they wouldn't even make it back home because they would faint before they get home. So what's driving Jesus' concern that they're going to faint? His compassion. Jesus' compassion leads to Jesus providing food for these Gentiles. But this shouldn't surprise us. Should it? Should it surprise us that Jesus shows his compassion? Does it surprise us that Jesus is moved to compassion? Because it it shouldn't. Jesus' heart overflows with compassion and mercy. Brother and, and sister, remember what Jesus tells the people. He tells them, I am gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus is the promised king who is a compassionate king. Not a a ruthless dictator, but a compassionate king that cares for his people. Jesus is not a, a cruel or harsh king, but one of compassion and mercy that says, if you're burdened and heavy laden, come to me. I'll give you rest. We should not be surprised that he looks at the crowd and has compassion on them. Brother, sister, he still has compassion for you. His heart overflows with compassion still to you. You would think at this point that the disciples would know the drill, right? Oh, Jesus is saying they need food. We've been there and done that already. This seems like deja vu. Here, Jesus, is the bread. This is how much we got. We've already got our hands crossed and our head bowed because we know you're about to bless it. We've already stretched out. And yet, we see that the disciples' heart is slow to believe what Jesus can do. And and you know what? My heart, far too much, is too slow to believe what Jesus can do. The disciples ask, where where are they to get enough bread in such a desolate place, in such a wilderness, an abandoned place? We're in the middle of nowhere. We're out in the back 40, Jesus. Here's our deja vu. 
a group of people in the wilderness, hungry, needing God to provide food for them. We saw this a few chapters earlier with Israel, but not just that, we, we see this back in Exodus. As God delivers Israel from Egypt, and they're in the wilderness wondering, how are we going to eat food? We need food, Moses. They needed God to provide for them. There is no fast food in the wilderness. There is no Uber Eats or Grubhub or Eat Street or delivery. There's no Donkey Express. And so Jesus asks, how many loaves do you have? And they said seven and a few small fish. This seems bleak. Seems concerning. It's not a lot of food. But what does Jesus do? He directs the crowds to sit down on the ground. He, he took the seven loaves and the fish and having given thanks, broke them and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. Because of Jesus' compassion toward the, the Gentile crowds, he provides for them. And guess what? The provision that Jesus gives this crowd here is enough. They all ate. All of them ate. And not just did they all eat, but they were satisfied. And not just were the people satisfied, but they took up seven baskets full of broken pieces left over. And, and, and we might think to ourselves, well, there's not that many people there then, but we're told 4,000 men, not including women and children. Right here, we, we see what the Canaanite woman was talking about. We see that this Canaanite woman in these verses earlier was on to something about this overflowing bread, about there being enough bread not for just the children, but also for the crowds. Jesus provides for the nations. He provides for the Gentiles bread because of his compassion for them, for his mercy for them. And the bread overflowed off the table so much that they were all satisfied. And there was still plenty left over. John, we get a fuller picture of what happens for the feeding of the 5,000. As Jesus moves on and the people are looking for him and they come to him and they find him and they say, we want more bread, Jesus. Give us more bread, Jesus. We will make you our king. Just give us more bread to fill our bellies. And Jesus tells the people, you don't need physical bread. The physical bread won't satisfy you. 
You need the bread of life. Not regular old physical bread that goes in one end and out the other. And when the people ask him for this bread, his response is that he is the bread of life. And whoever comes to him will not hunger. This same reality that he's speaking to the Jewish people here who are asking for physical bread extends to the Gentiles, extends to the nations as well. This is what we're seeing this morning. Is that because there is enough bread, unless you're in here and you're Jewish, there's enough bread that overflows off the tables to us. This is good news for us. That the bread of life has so much mercy, so much compassion that even the nations can partake can feel full, will be satisfied. So, are you hungry? Are you not satisfied with what life has offered so far? If there is one thing I've learned, sin leaves your soul hungry. And idols will not satisfy your worship. And guess what? It's not supposed to. It's not supposed to satisfy you. But Jesus can. So maybe you're here this morning. And you have turned away from the bread of life and have been feasting on some sort of idol. Confess and turn back to Jesus. Because Jesus can satisfy you. The bread of life that overflows to the nations will not leave you hungry. Jesus shows his compassionate provision to the Gentiles by feeding them. And to this day, he feeds the hungry soul that is looking to be full, to be satisfied. Jesus, he is the long-awaited king, not just for Israel, but for the nations. How great of news is this to us? That the long-awaited king, out of his compassion, provides eternal life to the nations. He, he offers reconciliation to the nations. He offers himself to the nations. 
This is what makes the, the gospel good news. This is the, the hope to the nations that bread overflows and is offered to the nations. This is why, why we as people who have been bought by the blood of Jesus must make an effort where we are to bring the bread of life to as many as possible because people are starving. We need to be ambassadors showing those around us that Jesus is the great provider because he is the compassionate king. So go to the nursing homes, the homeless shelters, Take up ESL and meet with someone trying to learn English. You know, I've, I don't know what it is at the YMCA. I have had in the past month so many conversations around the gospel. Go offer the bread of life. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you that you have sent your son Jesus to the nations. We thank you for the bread of life that will not leave us hungry. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.